Welcome to The Bible in Our Culture, an outreach radio ministry of Liberty Remnant Church, where we encourage you to view the culture through the lens of the Holy Bible. Hi, I'm Pastor Jay. Welcome again to The Bible in Our Culture, an outreach ministry of Liberty Remnant Church. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do so at office at libertyremnantchurch.org. I'll be happy to read your email and, and hear what you think. Well, hey, I'm kind of continuing from last week. Last week, we discussed recent events here in Spokane that I think are relevant to Americans everywhere who believe in religious freedom. Our city council here in Spokane passed a resolution to denounce our mayor for, a, for attending a worship service that I was a part of, a worship service that I brought my family to, a worship service that I announced to our congregation, Liberty Remnant Church, for like a month, and most of us showed up. As I said last week, we had a great time worshiping the Lord and, and praying for all sorts of people and all sorts of things. But because the mayor showed up at that event and wasn't associated with the people the city council agreed with, they were looking to defame her and in doing so, defame us. Small majority on this council, it said certain things in the council chamber, certain things in the media, and what they wrote in this resolution should have us all concerned. It seems that they're pushing an agenda at the expense of the rights of what I call biblical Christians. It's a shame we have to differentiate what biblical Christians are versus what I like to call cultural Christians. Biblical Christians adhere to the Bible. Well, I would classify cultural Christians. They'll pick and choose portions of the Bible that fit what they want, but they value popular opinion sometimes more than the Word of God. We have to differentiate between biblical Christians, those that are Christians who will follow the Bible, just like we have to differentiate between biblical Christians and historical Christians. There's been a lot that's happened in the history of Christianity that isn't biblical, where Christians did things that were unchristian. Christians did things that weren't biblical. So cultural Christians who go along with the crowd, they'll pick and choose elements of Christianity when they feel it helps their subjective viewpoints, while a biblical Christian tries to get all important viewpoints from the Bible. Perhaps some cultural Christians genuinely believe in the Jesus of the Bible, and they're just confused. But many of them don't show fruit of being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. While a biblical Christian follows the teachings of the Bible, a cultural Christian cherry-picks the Bible when it is convenient for their feelings, for their desires, for their emotions, and it's usually uh, subjectively conformed to the pattern of this world, the pattern of today's present age. Why do I mention all this in light of what's happening at City Council? Well, as I kind of alluded to last week, the resolution includes a letter from some faith leaders in Spokane who told the City Council they should renounce the mayor for coming to this Christian worship service. Ridiculous. And there were other people who called themselves Christians, even pastors, at the City Council meeting that last Monday of September, advocating that we renounce the mayor because of her association with Matt Shea and Sean Foyt. What was the issue there? Well, I'm suggesting it mainly comes down to the fact that they don't support the cultural view of sexuality. They have a biblical worldview of sexuality. Consequently, these cultural Christians condemned people I think are Bible-believing Christians. Now, this isn't just relevant today. We can see it all throughout human history. In American history, in the mid-1800s, it was cultural Christians who went along with human slavery. Why? Because it was culturally acceptable at the time to do so. And maybe some of them had a lot to gain 
by letting slavery continue. And if they were to stand against it, there would be backlash. So they just pick and choose how they want to live their life, and they just went along with slavery. That's terrible. It was biblical Christians who were willing to stand alone. Many of them were killed. Many of them were harassed, persecuted, literally tarred and feathered because their belief that slavery wasn't God's plan and should be abolished. Many of these biblical Christians sacrificed to abolish slavery, to shine light on the evils of slavery, and many of them worked to free slaves through the Underground Railroad. Why? Because they weren't going to go along with the culture. They were going to follow the teachings of the Bible. It was the same during the rise of National Socialism in Hitler's Germany. Biblical Christians stood up to him. Cultural Christians went along with the new political trends and tolerated Hitler's aggressive activism until it was too late, and many were murdered in the Holocaust. Well, you know, as biblical Christians, we don't get to choose very much. We, we have to love our enemies. Jesus said, love your enemies. Well, this resolution passed late last month, and the comments afterwards seem to reveal many on the city council are content with posturing themselves as the enemy of biblical Christians. If Jesus said, love your enemies, we should identify who our enemies are. People who are not allowing us to hold Bible views, I would think that they would be our enemies. Guess what? We love them anyway. And if they repent, we'll accept them as family. If they repent of their injustices and embrace the Savior, we will welcome them and include them as family. Just make sure that they're really embracing the true Savior not a twisted or filtered self-made version, but the real Jesus as described in the Bible. So biblical Christian surrenders to Jesus. We don't get to choose most of what we believe about a lot of things. Oh, some things we can choose if we believe vanilla tastes better than chocolate or, or what color of paint we want in the bathroom. Those, those things aren't important. But important things about the spiritual world, about our God-given rights, things about morals, about values, about sin and righteousness, we don't get to choose what we believe about sexuality. And this could be the fight of our generation. We have a right as biblical Christians to believe what the Bible has said, what Christians have submitted to for 2,000 years. Those in city council or anywhere who want to disallow us the right to believe what biblical Christians have submitted to for 2,000 years is simply unjust and unconstitutional. I listened to the comments of the last Monday of September's meeting at city council. I listened to it multiple times. And I believe they believe what many in Olympia believe. That is, we have to surrender the Bible because a protected privileged class claimed they felt unsafe. This is a big deal. There was a Christian concert, a worship service, and this made protected privileged class write to the city council members and say, we feel unsafe. And so they had to denounce the mayor for attending. What made you feel unsafe? Doesn't make much sense to me. Unless we're saying that LGBTQ people are privileged class and people that think that their behavior is wrong aren't allowed to express their thoughts. That's what this comes down to. Violence was the furthest thing from that worship service, but we don't agree with the biblical worldview of at least four of seven members of the Spokane City Council. That is why I believe they repeatedly call this names like Christian nationalist and white supremacist. I mentioned last week that Councilwoman Karen Stratton said, these events promote fear for certain members of our community and hatred. And again, they never made clear how that happened. How did those events, how did that worship service promote fear and hatred? It's never proven 
None of them had been there. I had. And so I guess I'm an anti-LGBTQ extremist as well. If someone paints all biblical Christians with the same brush, that they clearly are all hateful, bigoted extremists, then you can do whatever you want because we've already been marginalized. I believe city council, many of them spoke deceitfully against biblical Christians, both at the city council and the news media. Puzzled as to why they never apologized for calling us Christian nationalist and white supremacist. It's just wrong. It's written in the resolution that four of the seven council members voted to accept. I don't see that as fair whatsoever. Karen Stratton also asserted that religion is a personal thing. What do you mean by that? It certainly is a very intimate thing. My relationship with Jesus is a very intimate thing. But she seemed to say that it's a personal thing and you can't evangelize. You can't publicly worship Jesus. You can't publicly teach what the Bible says. It's funny, Jesus in Matthew 10, verses 32 through 39, says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Yay. But whoever denies me before men, him I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Yikes. In other words, if I say, well, my relationship with Jesus is personal, I'm not going to speak up. I'm not going to let anybody hear my thoughts and why he's so awesome and why I think everybody should surrender to him. I don't ever share that because it's a personal thing. Then Jesus says, well, you've denied me before men, so I'm going to deny you before my Father in heaven. That's kind of what we need to get to heaven is Jesus' righteousness. I'm looking forward to being able to say, Lord Jesus, I was clear on the issues of the day. I'm coming into heaven to celebrate and rule and reign with you forever. I'm concerned there's a lot of people who think they're Christians, but because they keep their relationship with Jesus personal, never speak up, never stand up, are they really going to be confessed by Jesus before his Father in heaven. Matthew 10 goes on to say in verse 34, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. In the Gospel of Luke, he basically telling the same story, only there he says, I did not come to bring peace, but division. Jesus said similar things to different crowds at different times, just like we do today. But I find it interesting that the Prince of Peace did not come to bring peace, but a sword or division. Jesus certainly came to bring peace between God and man because we needed it. We were enemies of God and his wrath was justly directed towards us. But Jesus came to reconcile us to the Father through his shed blood. He forgave us our sins and now we have peace with our Father and can rule and reign forever with him. But Jesus is clear. I didn't come to bring peace on earth. I came to bring division and a sword. Verse 35 it says, For I come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be that of his own household. We're seeing that today. A lot of these events that have happened in the last three or four years have brought such division to households. But guess what? It's all part of God's plan. Verse 37, Jesus says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. So there was a whole coalition of faith, quote-unquote, faith leaders who renounced the mayor and renounced this worship service. I think they got lots of pats on the back from the world. But did they really take up their cross and follow Jesus? Are they really bringing the division that Jesus said he would bring? I think they want peace with the world. They want to be popular with the world. As Galatians 1 says, if I seek to please men, I cannot be a servant of Christ. You got to decide who you're going to serve, who you're going to follow. 
if it's Jesus, then you're going to agree with things clearly stated in the Bible. And this is where the battle of our culture is today. Council member Ulrich said Matt Shea and Sean Fuchs, he meant to say Sean Foyt, but he called him Sean Fuchs, do not speak for the Jesus that I know. Really? Have you sat down and talked with Pastor Matt? Sat down and talked with Sean? Just because you hear some things regurgitated, some things that Zach Sapone said that I think weren't true? You buy it hook, line, and sinker. Council member Ulrich says he's a former pastor and memorized impressive books of the Bible verbatim. He says, I don't want to denounce anyone, but I want to make sure that every member of our community has a space in Spokane. He said, mistakes have consequences. The division we see in our community is a consequence of that mistake. So I absolutely denounce Matt Shea and Sean Fuchs. Again, it's supposed to be Sean Foyt, but he was quoted as Sean Fuchs. I absolutely denounce Matt Shea and Sean Fuchs and the division and the discrimination and hate that comes along with that thinking. Where is that? If we call sin, sin, does that mean we are spewing division and discrimination and hate? Come on. This isn't, this isn't fair, and it certainly isn't righteous. And if you're in Spokane, you got to be praying about this issue. you got to be looking about how you can be involved. You can come down on Mondays and address the city council. You get two minutes for open forum to ask them to stand for religious freedom, biblical Christianity, and values of the Bible, not just cultural Christianity, that goes along with the spirit of the age. Council President Lori Kinnar said something to the effect that many thought that she would be voting against this issue because she was quoted in the press as saying it was political or something like that. But she says, it's personal for me. She talked about how she was afraid for her life because the FBI came and questioned her about some things that Matt Shays that I really don't know anything about. Perhaps she was very afraid. I tend to believe that she felt that way. From what she had heard, she felt afraid. And it had something to do with an investigation with Matt Shea at the time. So she felt afraid and it became personal. When she said that, it was as if she said, I don't care what the Constitution says. I don't care about people's religious freedom. I care only about getting revenge. I care only about my personal vendetta against Matt Shea. So I'm going to vote to renounce the mayor in my personal issue. That's what she said. It's personal for me. I think you should recuse yourself if it's personal. I tend to think you should abstain if there's a personal issue for me. But she didn't. And she was the swing vote that renounced the mayor. And as I said, if you renounce the mayor for attending that service, then you renounce me and my congregation because we also attended that same service. Going to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Hello, my name is Pastor Jay McPherson of Liberty Remnant Church. I would like to formally invite you to come visit our reality-based local church. A dedicated group of believers planted LRC about two years ago in the middle of the COVID-19 government shutdown. We are not afraid to apply biblical principles to weighty current day issues. In fact, we feel God expects it of his people. Our goal is to be a simple, relational, biblical church that applies biblical principles to the issues of the day. If you're looking for a local church or know somebody who is, please consider what God is doing at Liberty Remnant Church. We're meeting at 7919 North Division in Spokane every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information, please check out our website 
libertyremnantchurch.org. That's libertyremnantchurch.org. Or email me at pastorj at libertyremnantchurch.org. Thank you. And we're back with the Bible and our culture. Thank you all for indulging me to talk about what I think is a very serious situation. What has happened in Spokane last month and so far this month has been, I feel, really dangerous. And we got to talk about it. We have to figure out where we're being lied to and deceived. Because there are people so corrupt and so hungry for power that they don't care what's true. They simply care, how can I control my opponent? How can I get my agenda forward and paint it in the best light possible? We saw that with the city council in voting on a resolution that I think is just full of deceit, full of propaganda, keeps trying to cloak itself in a self-righteous view that we care, we have compassion, we're inclusive. But the whole point of the resolution is to be shrewd and unfair and not include people they disagree with. So what a night that was, that last Monday in September, went till 11.30 and we heard all sorts of propaganda as to why they had to vote to denounce the mayor for attending the worship service that many of us went to and enjoyed. Councilmember Betsy Wilkerson was one of the first to make her remarks after the public made theirs. She said, We must be willing to experience some discomfort when dearly held beliefs are challenged, especially when these beliefs translate into actions that might harm our neighbors. Well, that might not sound so bad when you first hear it, but in the context to which she said this, and the remarks that she would make soon afterward, it is clear she feels we must surrender our biblical beliefs because her LGBTQ supporters claimed to feel unsafe. Where was the correlation with them feeling unsafe? I have no idea. It probably came from the left-wing activists themselves who were trying to frame us as being unsafe. But there was nothing at that concert, at that worship service, that was promoting any kind of hatred and violence, in my opinion. But perhaps Betsy Wilkerson sees the LGBTQ community as a privileged class and as a protected class, that nobody can say they disagree with their worldview. Even when the worship service in question didn't have any hate or violence mentioned, she still voted to renounce us, and her reasons why, to me, are even more concerning. As she went on to say, I cannot stand by as the mayor of our city stands with a man who uses religion to cloak bigotry. Well, where was that? I missed that. It is the Bible who has very clear guidelines for sexuality. Whether you're heterosexual, as God made us, or you have same-sex attraction, whatever the case, the Bible has guidelines on that. And to express that, does that make us all religious bigots? Are we cloaking bigotry and religion because we quote the Bible? I'd like to know. She went on to say that he, talking about Matt Shea, criticized homosexuality and marriage. What? The Bible kind of criticizes homosexuality and marriage, not because the Bible is full of hate. The Bible is God's message to us of love. And he loves his people so much that he's got the plan for how to live and how we can get the, the most joy, the most fulfillment, the most purpose out of our life is to follow him and to be a biblical Christian. But Matt Shea didn't say what was approved by her elitist group. She said he also spewed anti-trans language. Well, again, if you don't 
connect where Pastor Matt Shea actually used religion to cloak bigotry, then I have to wonder if you're trying to infringe on my belief to believe the Holy Scriptures. I worship God, try to do it in spirit and truth, and I have to admit that he knows more than me and that he's really particular on a lot of things. When we invite Jesus into our heart, he doesn't come to join our sin. He comes to take over. And we live righteously through his power and grace. But if we don't believe like we're allowed to believe, excuse me, if we don't believe the way the city council and Betsy Wilkerson tells us we can believe, well, then we must be full of bigotry and anti-trans language. Apparently, you can't even be in the arena or on stage with people who believe like we do. This renouncement of the mayor is a renouncement on all who believe what we believe. I believe a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. So do I spew anti-trans language if I say that? I'm simply agreeing with what the Bible says. God made man in his image, male and female, he created them. That's our only options. I can't just go throw out the holy scriptures because there's this movement trying to change the way America's lived for 250 years. I think they're using secular terms to cloak bigotry against anyone who values our conscience, who values the truths of the Holy Scriptures. If we believe that, we're cloaking bigotry. There's another big concern that came out that last Monday in September. It came from Councilman Zach Zappone. While he was twisting and, I think, perverting quotes to come up with a crazy agenda, he talked about proof of extremist groups. And because the mayor was at this worship service, these extremist groups were gaining momentum. And he put a picture on the overhead screen, and it was a group of people holding a sign. And this is what an extremist group sign must look like. The sign read, pedophiles not welcome. Really? That's your example of an extremist group? People who hold a sign that says pedophiles aren't welcome? Was the mayor really supposed to confront a group whose message was, pedophiles not welcome. Well, I have to ask, where does Zappone think pedophiles are welcome? I don't think they should be. They got some trouble and they're a threat. They're messed up in their heart and they're a danger. They need some therapy. They need to be corrected. They've got a mental disorder that could bring so much damage. So no, we'll welcome pedophiles to come and get treatment, to come and repent, to come and get help, but we're not going to let them keep the title of pedophile. I can't believe we're even having this discussion. Well, I don't believe Zach Sapone is an ordinary progressive politician. I think he's advocating pedophilia. And in all the hype and all the controversy about this resolution, he sort of inserts that right there in black and white. You can look it up yourself. You can watch it online. Extremist groups are people who think pedophiles aren't welcome. I'm concerned what length he might go to push his agenda. Maybe we should be the ones who don't feel safe. There was a concert, and somebody mentioned some biblical terms about sexuality, and therefore all these people felt unsafe and were living in fear because of these radical groups, these radical meetings. And so they wrote to the city council and said, we don't feel safe, you got to stop this. Well, the city council, without really seeing what was said, or the whole spirit at that worship service, they go right along with the agenda, and now they've renounced us. It's a shame. Maybe we're the ones who should feel a little more unsafe. Maybe if we felt a little more unsafe, we'd participate more in the civil process. 
Maybe we'd be a little more vocal, write a few more letters, send a few more emails, show up to city council, get a meeting with our elected representatives to Olympia. You know, local is where the real impact is made when it comes to our political duties. We get so infatuated with what's happening in D.C. because that's on the news, and there's a lot of drama there for sure, a lot of power there, and we should vote in the federal elections. But man, where we can make a better impact, where we can serve the purposes of God with the influence that we have as citizens, we get more impact if we do it locally. It takes some discipline. If you're a believer, you're probably involved in a church, or should be, you might have a family, you probably have a job, probably have a lot of things going on, and it's difficult to squeeze time in our busy schedules to know what's happening locally and to be responsible. But if we do, we can win back our country. We can win back our nation, one city, one county, one local election at a time. I pray that you look at the culture through the lens of the Bible. It's going to be so important that we do that moving forward, as now we are being persecuted because we look at the culture through the lens of the Bible. There is a lot of pressure, even resolutions that have been passed to try and get us to look at the Bible through the lens of the culture. But I think there are some bold people with conviction, people who love God, love their neighbors, love this nation, and they want to be responsible and fulfill their sacred duty for this time. The time that we are alive today is extremely significant. Let's live it to the full. Let's go all in in following Jesus and make as big an impact in our generation as possible for the purposes of God. Love to invite you to our local church. Liberty Remnant Church meets at 7919 North Division. Now, probably through the winter, before we have our own place, we're at a hotel. Great bunch of folks who love God, love people, and love the United States of America. We're building a church with the Lord. We are his co-laborers. He will build his church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. We believe he's building it at Liberty Remnant Church. He's building it in a simple way. He's building it in a relational way, and he's building it in a biblical way. Love to have you come. Thank you for listening to The Bible and Our Culture an outreach radio ministry of Liberty Remnant Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can go to our website, libertyremnantchurch.org backslash give and select radio ministry. See you next week at this same time.